Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Well, it's my joy and pleasure to be with you this morning. It's great. Wish Pastor Rob would go away and Pastor Stuart to go away more often. I might be able to get down. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, come around the Lord's table right now. And I just want to share with you a a little message (laughs) before I preach. (laughs) Sounds good, doesn't it? Actually, I like it down here. It's nice. In the Anglican church, used to be in a pulpit way up there. And I was asked once, why is it that preachers like to be six feet above contradiction? You didn't get it. Well, it doesn't matter. Probably wasn't that funny anyway. (laughs) Jesus' life and death had a purpose. And later on, I'm going to share with you a message on having a purpose. Our purpose right now is to demonstrate, as we have our communion, common union together, to demonstrate our love and our thanksgiving for Jesus and all he had done, taught, and suffered for each one of us. Do you love Jesus? How much do you love Jesus? Jesus said, if you love me, then you will obey me. And we can measure our love for Jesus by our willing obedience. And as Alice and I look back at our many crossroads, we just praise God for obedience. Jesus' life, Jesus' death was obedient and ours should be too. Paul wrote in eight, Romans 8.29, and I'm reading from the message translation, God decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. And again and again, Jesus told his followers to do just that. Follow me. So let's remember, family, as we come together around the Lord's table, since selfless emptying and total obedience were the supreme characteristics of Jesus' life, they should also be characters of your life and my life. It isn't easy, but it's possible. All that Jesus was and did, this we should strive to do and to be, to the honor of his name, who loved us, and gave himself for us. 
selflessly and obediently. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we are your children and we want to be your obedient children. Lord, it's not easy and we do make mistakes and we thank you that Jesus died for our forgiveness and for our guidance to help us when we feel rather low. Help us, Lord, to give our lives to you selflessly and obediently. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this, eat this, in remembrance of me. Let's eat, family. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, family, right now. Right. How many of you remember Michael Crawford? Yeah? Two or three? Remember the Phantom of the Opera? Some mothers do have them. Remember, we've got the whole set. We love them. I remember once an interview that I heard in which Michael said, circus performers sometimes fall on purpose because their main purpose is to excite and entertain the audience, and falling will intensify that purpose. You see, Michael Crawford had a purpose, to entertain the audience and to make every moment a fascinating experience, and to make people laugh. That's what having a purpose is all about, not just make people laugh, but to be what people want you to be and to share what God is sharing with you to them. It isn't just falling off ropes or exciting people, but having an objective task and setting yourself to reach 
and accomplish that task no matter what it might cost you. <laughs> I just intersperse this with a, a story that I found absolutely wonderful. In that same interview with Michael Crawford, he said he took his daughter down to Yarmouth, which is a seaside resort in England, and uh, there was a big fair going on there, and there was a boating lake. And he went up to the fellow who was hiring out the boats and asked if he could hire a boat, and the fellow said, no way. He said, but you're hiring boats out to everybody. Why no, mate, no way to me? He said, I've been watching you on the television. He says, and nothing good will come of it. And Michael said, but that's my television character. I'm real. I'm Michael. I'm trustworthy. And eventually, and I think probably he wasn't quite happy about it, the man hired Michael and his daughter a boat. And they had a marvelous time. They got out right in the middle of the lake and the boat sank. And what about Nick Wallander? His whole ambition, his whole purpose was to follow his grandfather's attempt to cross the Grand Canyon on a wire. Do you remember that? His grandfather had died in the attempt, but that didn't dampen Nick's purpose. Ever since his granddad had fallen off that wire, Nick had the purpose, I will do it. And for 23 minutes, family, he maneuvered on the wire to achieve his purpose. And of course, we know he did it. And this is what I want to share about this morning, having a purpose. So let's look at someone in the Bible who had a purpose. Can we open our Bibles to Daniel chapter 1? Daniel chapter 1. I've called this message, Dare to be a Daniel. I dare you. Now, I'm not going to read all the first 17 verses. You can do that. I want to take it up from verse 8. After Daniel and his friends were promised good food and wine. Nobody likes that better than I do. The good food bit. Just the good food bit. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had called the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel... I'm afraid of my Lord and King, who's assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The King would then have my head because of you. And Daniel said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat 
and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. And he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. And at the end of ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Wow. Anybody going back to vegetables? When I was a youth leader, that was a few months ago, we used to sing a little chorus. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. Now what was Daniel's purpose? Daniel's purpose was to honor God and do all that God wanted him to do and be all that God wanted him to be, no matter what the cost. The difficulty is neither Daniel nor you nor I can be secret disciples family. Either the secrecy will destroy the discipleship or the discipleship must destroy the secrecy. In chapter 6, we read that Daniel faced three major crises. Verses 1 to 5, the work crisis. We probably all know a bit about that. The rulers and officials became envious of Daniel and they wanted to get rid of him. The trouble is, the unbelieving world doesn't want a believer in charge. Why? Because the light always reveals what happens in the darkness. You ever thought of that? The second crisis was a prayer crisis. Verses 6 to 17, before King Darius. We read, the royal administrators, prefects, oh, I hated prefects at school. Did you have prefects at school? Oh, they were unperfects. Administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed, notice that, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Well, that was a lie. 
utter, complete, total lie. When the rulers told the king all of them had agreed, it was a lie because all would have included Daniel, and it didn't. But no law and no threat could keep Daniel from his time of prayer. To him, these times were a matter of life and death. I wonder if they are the same to us, to you and to me. Alice and I, as best we can, seek to take time off for prayer and Bible reading, last thing at night, first thing in the morning. Proverbs 11.18 tells us, The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. And God honored Daniel. Can I intersperse a question here? What is your purpose? Right at this moment, what is your purpose? In fact, family, do you have a purpose? Maybe you should pray about that. Some time ago, a psychologist named William Moulton Marston asked 3,000 people, what have you to live for? What is your purpose in life? And he was absolutely shattered to find 94%, that's 2,820 out of the 3,000, were simply enduring the present while waiting for the future. They described this as waiting for something to happen. They were waiting to get married, waiting to have a family, waiting for the kids to grow up and get married so they can be on their own, waiting for the next holiday, waiting, 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 Waiting without purpose. They were all waiting without realizing that all we have, family, is now. All we have is today. When we get up every morning, all we have is today. There's an old adage which says, all have been given a bag of tools, a formless rock, and a book of rules. And each must make, before life has flown, a stumbling block or a stepping stone. What's your purpose, family? A stumbling block or a stepping stone? Another person who had purpose was Joshua. Joshua 24, 14 and 15. He said to the Israelites, 
Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He's saying this family is to be your main purpose. And then he tells them they have a choice. They can serve other gods or they can serve the Lord. Family, Alice and I have found we cannot do both. You serve God or you serve other gods. And then he proclaims, but as for me and my household, this is my purpose at any cost. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Is that yours? Of course, another person, a wonderful person, a special person, also had a purpose. Jesus. Jesus said he came to seek and save the lost. And he said he would do it at any cost. And what was the cost that he had to pay? He knew. He knew what it was. It involved a cross. But we read in Luke 9.53, his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Nobody could detract him. Nobody could get him to take another path. His face was set on going to Jerusalem. I like what the Message Bible says. He gathered up his courage and he steeled himself for the journey to Jerusalem. Family, maybe we need to do that a bit more often, to gather up our courage and steel ourselves to do only what Father God wants us to do. I know I've shared this, and it may have been here, I can't remember. But the Lord called me to leave actually being a minister in a church and to start traveling. And the Lord said, I want you to start traveling by faith. He said, you're not to ask for any invitations. I'll fill your diary. He said, you're never to ask for any money. I'll make sure that your bank account stays in the black and you'll be fine. And I shared it with Alice. And I won't tell you what she said, because we're in church. <laughs> she went away to pray. And the Lord opened his word in Samuel, wasn't it? And showed her exactly what disobedience was like witchcraft 
and idolatry. And she came down to me in the study with a face as white as a sheet. She said, I, 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 I think what you suggested might be quite an adventure for, say, a couple of years. Family, we traveled around Australia and around the world relying totally on God for the next 21 years. All the invitations came in. The bank account was so full, fuller than it had ever been before. We were able to meet all expenses and have over as well. That's our God. That's our God. He is so precious. So what does purpose do? Well, let's take each one of those letters very quickly and have a look. Purpose enables us to pray more than the ordinary person and needs wisdom, God's wisdom, to find out what God wants us to do as we seek him night and morning and during the day where they find time. Unite more than the ordinary person with like-minded people and with strangers. And I'll tell you, we found some of the strangers are strange ones. Risk more than the ordinary person. Yes, if necessary, even the lion's den. But does it matter? Father God is with us. If he sends us into the lion's den, then we're going to be safe in the lion's den. I'll never forget, in, when we first came out to Australia, I was the Anglican priest in a parish just north of Wollongong, beautiful name called Fairy Meadow. We were there for six years. We introduced the baptism with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and this is true. This is true. The post office rang me up one day and they said, we've got a letter, it's addressed to you, but we think we've got the address wrong. It's to Reverend Widowson, Fiery Meadow. Not Fairy Meadow, it became known as Fiery Meadow. It was just incredible what was happening. Family, I was, I, said, I suggested to the youth, I said, what do you think if we met in church on a Friday night occasionally and just had, you know, a time of worship and prayers? The first night I got about 50 young people who came along at 9 o'clock and stayed worshipping and praying till 6 o'clock the next morning. I told them they got to get their parents' permission. 
and it became a monthly gathering. If we had to go away or something, and we said we won't have, oh, really, Mr. Widdowson. I said, well, you can lead your own. Gave them the key to the church, and they did. It's up to them. But I was also running a men's meeting, and Gordon came along, and he wanted to attend the Saturday morning's meeting, and he said, can I have Saturday morning off? And his boss said, no, I want you here, because it's a very, very busy time. And he said, but I've got to go, because my minister has a men's meeting, and I want to attend. And the boss said, well, I'll tell you quite simply. If you're not here, then you're dismissed. He came to the men's meeting. Next Monday morning, foreman came up, said, hey, Gordon, the boss wants to see you in his office. And he went to the boss's office, and his boss said, you weren't here Saturday morning. No, sir, I was at the meeting. Well, how did the meeting go then? And Gord, Gordon told him, told him all about it. What happened? The praise, the worship, the fellowship, the love. And all the time, Gordon said when he told me this, the boss was mm, stroking his chin. Well, Gordon, the boss said, when he'd finished, if you're prepared to risk your job to attend such a meeting, I've only got one thing to say to you. Sit down there and tell me about this God. And that morning, his boss gave his life to Jesus. Huh? Risk more than the ordinary person. Plan more than the ordinary person. Plan to meet goals you know God wants you to meet. Not your goals or my goals, but God's goals. Observe more than the ordinary person. Sensitive to others and their needs. Open at all times. Sacrifice more than the ordinary person, like Jesus. You know, Alice and I, at 84 and 86, <sighs> we're, we're learning a lesson. I thought people retired at 65. We ain't retired yet. But we're going to ease off next year. Expect more than the ordinary person. Having a purpose, family, allows us to expect. God has never let us down in the past, and we can expect that he never will in the present or the future. Do Alice and I have a purpose? Yes, we do. We've many. 
But as I come to the end, God gave us a very special purpose when we joined the Bayside team in 1996. It's rather interesting, actually, because Richard Warner at Springvale wanted to go on long servicely. Six months, and the board said he couldn't go unless he got a reasonable substitute. And Richard and I were friends, and I'd ministered for him in Springvale, and he asked me if I'd do six months locum. And uh, when we came to Springvale, we were expecting uh, a brand new junior pastor and a brand new youth pastor. The brand new youth pastor was Jim McMillan. The brand new pastor was Rob Buckingham. And one way or another, we've been together ever since. And it's great, it's tremendous. It's beautiful. When Rob asked us if we would come and be sort of mum and dad to Bayside Church, we were praying about it and we asked, God, what is your word for us? And what is our purpose? Well, have a purpose, dare to make it known. I'll dare to make it known now. This is what God said before we came to Bayside. Charles and Alice, no matter how big Bayside Church grows, numerically, your purpose is to ensure that it stays a loving, caring, sharing family. That's why I call you family, because you are. We are family. We are one. You are special. We're not mum and dad now anymore. We're grandma and grandpa. And it's great, and we love it. And we will continue to do this as long as we have breath in our lungs. We will pray, we will unite, we will risk, we will plan, we will observe, we will sacrifice, and we will expect more than the ordinary person so we can see in Bayside extraordinary results. Does it work? Does it not? In 1996, we had about 180 people. Now, I don't know. I think if Frankston and... Uh, uh, Cheltenham were together, it would come to somewhere now, 2,000. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? Sacrificially. And this should be our main purpose in life, 
Men, be the best man, husband, father that you can be. Ladies, be the best woman, wife and mother that you can be. Students, apply yourself to your studies under Jesus in the best way you can. And everyone, let's give of our best in Jesus' love. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Others may laugh at you. Okay, laugh back. Dare to have a purpose firm in Jesus. And dare to make it known. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you're so good. You never let us down. You never have. You never will. In fact, down is not your way. You don't let us down. You lift us up because you're up, up there. And we want to be saints down here, disciples down here, your children down here to bring more disciples, to bring more saints, to bring more children into the kingdom. Oh, Father, take away our fear of what mankind may think or do. And yes, even if we go in the fiery furnace, Lord, we know you'll keep us safe and you'll bring us out just as you did for Daniel. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' precious name. All God people said, Amen. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I wonder how many said amen. We'll see. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.